Welcome back, everyone. I'm Tony Brown, and you're listening to Firearms Cafe, the show where we discuss the philosophies of responsible firearms ownership, as well as the relevant issues and challenges that we face in the current gun culture. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It is Monday, the 17th of September, 2018. I'm a little bit behind on my publishing schedule, but let's go ahead and get that contact info posted, and then we'll jump in. If you would like to Call me on the voicemail and make fun of me for living in a state where it is 108 degrees at 6.10 p.m. Feel free to do so. The number is area code 206-745-2731. I also have an email address, which is firearmscafe at protonmail.com. All one word, firearmscafe at protonmail.com. And you can send me an email there, or if you want to record your own audio, you can send that to me and I'll play it on the show. Also, feel free to send links to articles or maybe current events or things like that that you have recorded off of uh, TV, kind of like Lawrence did a couple episodes ago. Or maybe one episode ago, I can't remember which. Anyway, man, let's jump in with it. There is a lot of to-do and hubbub and wringing of hands and all this stuff over... Kavanaugh, who is the Supreme Court nominee, and he's going through the confirmation hearings, and then wouldn't you know it, right when it's just about to come to an end, dun dun dun, when he was 17, supposedly, this is what he's being accused of, and again, I I don't really got a, a dog in the fight here, I'm just sort of reporting what I've been told, and that is that he supposedly attacked some girl, tried to hold her down, some other person tackled him or pulled him off of her, something like this. The the details are a little sketchy. And then the person who originally did this stuff, I guess this was stuff, information that Feinstein had about a month or so ago, FBI said there's really nothing here, we're not going to really investigate this stuff. The person who had sent the stuff was, like I said, anonymous. Well, now it's come out. She is some uh, some professor. And supposedly she's going to testify. So everybody's kind of wringing their hands doing all this stuff. What it seems like to me, and again, with sort of the understanding that I don't really have a dog in the fight. I, I'm not a Republican or Democrat, so... And we can talk a little bit about sort of those different flavors and how they're looking at it. Uh, But what it seems like to me, it seems like it is a rather convenient time for this stuff to happen. And it seems like it is a delaying tactic because from, uh, again, we'll look at it from the Democrat side. It is a thing of, well, what we can do is we can cast a doubt we can maybe get some delays going until the next couple of months. Hopefully we can put this stuff off. And if people are Trump-weary, I guess, or they want to strike back at Trump, what, they're, what they are counting on is that all the Democrats are going to come out and all the, uh, the far-left people are, and even the partially-left people are going to come out and they are going to vote in Democratic members of Congress and Democratic uh, members of uh, the House and of the Senate and all this other stuff. So they think that they're going to maybe get a majority in the House and they're going to take it back. And and once they have that and once they have, uh, you know, some extra maybe members in the Senate, then they will be able to hold hold sway a little bit over who's going to get in there so they're going to maybe try and get somebody in there who is going to be what they consider to be moderate which basically means they would be super far left but not totally far left uh, from somebody in my position if you look at it how the the republicans are looking at it they are based that's what they're basically saying oh this is just a ploy there's nothing to it there's you know it's it's no big deal uh it's um it's all smoke and mirrors, all this type of stuff. And, you know, we really need to get this stuff through. So what do I think is going to happen? And what do I think is really going on? Now, supposedly, this uh, this lady, I think her last name is Ford. 
So that's just how I'll refer to her because I don't know her first name. So Ford had said that this stuff happened back in high school and he had tried to assault her and somebody else had uh, helped intervene and she was able to get away. At one point I'd heard a story like it was a little bit different than that, but I think that's kind of the narrative that we're being told and supposedly she's going to testify. The problem is, is that there doesn't seem to be anybody to corroborate her story. But with the current political climate that we live in, where if you say that you've been attacked or that you've been a victim of sexual assault, you are automatically to be believed and the person you're accusing is automatically to be sort of vilified. And again, this doesn't necessarily have to do with Kavanaugh, but pretty much anybody. We've seen it over and over again. And in fact, we've seen this thing kind of backfire a little bit or blow up a little bit on uh, politically for the left. So for them, they, they lost Al Franken and a couple other people. Uh, you know, part of that Me Too movement and this, that, and the other thing. So anyway, I don't know what's going to happen as far as are they going to... You know, get this person to testify, all that other kind of stuff. But it is interesting that automatically that the person who claims to be the victim is is to be 100% believed. And, of course, it's more that if that person is female, is, is more so to be believed. And, of course, the left, you know, this is a lot of the kind of the dichotomies of the left and what you see over there is that... And we'll talk about the hypocrisy of the right here in a second. But you see a lot of this stuff where the left is saying, well, the gender gender doesn't matter. You know, you shouldn't look at ever, ever look at gender and you should only look at, at as it as people. So it's person A said person B attacked them and therefore person B should be held accountable if what person A says is true. But what the left never really does is they never throw in that last, last part of if it's true, if it actually did happen. And the sort of the hypocrisy of the right is, of course, when it's their team, and we see this on both sides, but with the right, you know, when we see that it's their team that is being accused, well, oh, this is just, uh, where's the proof? And why don't we let all these other people that, you know, come and and, uh, uh, testify to what a great guy he is and how he never attacked them and this, that, and the other thing. And, and, uh, you know, this is all just... uh, It's all BS. It's all made up. It can't be confirmed. But when it's somebody on the left that is being accused. So again, if we go back to the example of Franken, when he had to, he basically was kind of forced to resign more so by his own own side. Uh, But you saw then that, of course, oh, no, they never were going to extend that same thing of, well, let's let all these other people come and testify on Franken's behalf and said how he was always professional and this, that, and the other thing. And so again, it's just interesting. And if you can kind of put that theater aside, and maybe that's the word I've been kind of looking for, as I think that's what's happening now is, is there's a lot of theater going on. And the reality is that when it comes down to it, Unless there are other people that were there from, what, 33 years ago, however long ago it was, that can corroborate her story. Or, on the opposite side, that can come forward and say, no, I was there and and they didn't, you know, that didn't happen. You know, uh, she's kind of a crazy person. Now, one of the things that the left is saying is that, well, she was in this therapy session and there were notes from 2012 where she recounted this traumatic incident. And some people would say, and of course the left is saying, well, that proves it. That's all we need. You know, why she, he wasn't confirmed or going through the Supreme Court way back then. Why would she say that? There's, there's no reason. However, one one thing that we do need to understand is that people's memories are hazy and that there are people who have certain I hesitate to say mental disorders but they have certain things where 
they remember things the way that they want them to be and not maybe necessarily how they actually were. And I actually had something like this happen to a friend of mine. And this was when we were, I think we were in, in uh, maybe my second year, third year of college, something like that. Anyway, what had happened was, is we were at a party and uh, a friend of mine, we'll call him, uh, I don't know, uh, Robert, for black, for just for a name. He met this girl and we'll call her um, Jane. So anyway... Robert and Jane, all of us were at this party. We all, everybody kind of knew each other. And there was some drinking going on. And a little bit later, we sort of spy Robert and Jane over in the corner. And they're kind of making out and going at it kind of hot and heavy and groping each other. Uh, but it doesn't really go anything past that. And she had been the one who sort of initiated stuff. And, and again, they weren't in a room off by themselves. They were sort of off in the corner where people could see them. But, you know, when you're, when you're that young and everything, you're, all cylinders are, are uh, firing, so to speak. So anyway, that was pretty much all that happened. Is they had a pretty heavy, like, make-out session, I guess, you know, is what you'd call it. And then that next day... I think she kind of was embarrassed about it and because it was sort of, you know, out in the open and maybe it was being talked about a little bit. She started saying that he had forced himself on her and that, you know, he was, uh, it was all against her will and he was super aggressive and all this other stuff. And then, but luckily for him, you know, I was there, I saw what happened. Some other friends of mine saw what happened and other uh, females saw what happened. And so they kind of called her on her bullshit a little bit on that. But, you know, so was it something like that? But in her mind, you know, if you asked her what actually happened, does she remember it like that? Or does she remember it because she, um, in her mind she was sort of justifying what was happening or giving an explanation for what was happening? because she was embarrassed about it or maybe regretted, you know, her decision, that type of thing. So, uh, also there is the, um, the thing of why would somebody make something like this up? Why would they do that? And why would, and, and they would use the justification of, well, in 2012, she had confided all this stuff to her therapist. But I guess part of the thing is, is why this stuff maybe didn't come out at first. And the question you have to ask is, did they think that they could maybe sort of delay stuff? They mean the left or the, the current people in power, the Democrats in power right now. And so they sort of pulled this out as their trump card, no, no pun intended. Uh, and... You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll have to see what's going on. So, and I hate to kind of be crass and sort of put it in these terms, but what does it mean for us, because this is a firearm show, but what does this mean for us as far as getting somebody on the, uh, on the Supreme Court who's going to probably be pro-gun? If, if he gets knocked down, would somebody like Kethledge be put on there? Would somebody like... Uh, Cohen or Barrett, whatever her last name was. Was it Cohen Barrett or Barrett Cohen? I can't remember. Uh, and then there was another guy who I can't remember. But anyway, those were like sort of the top four. Are they getting trying to get him off more so because they think that he would maybe lead a charge or if, if uh, an abortion issue type thing came up? And again, not saying for or against one way or another, but from their standpoint, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, is this person who's coming forward, you know, do they maybe, again, sort of believe that it happened, but they see it as a way of, I can strike a blow against Trump and I can strike a blow uh, to beat back the, you know, the uh, extremists and the, the, the alt-right and all this other type of stuff. And uh, so I don't know. So we'll have to see. Again, though, without other witnesses for either person 
it is going to come down to a thing of he said, she said, that type of deal. So, all right, guys, I am arriving at the destination. Uh, there are a few other things I'll talk about, and I may be able to do that tomorrow from the home studio. Hopefully be able to get this out for you by maybe tomorrow evening. Maybe by Wednesday. Oh, one real quick thing before I go. I uh, talked a whole bunch about you know YouTube and Patreon and all that other kind of nonsense. Anyway, on the YouTube front, I have placed up a couple of videos on my AK upgrade project that I'm doing. So I've done an outline video, and then I did a video where I put on... Uh, what did I put on? The stock, I believe. The stock adapter and stock. So go over to YouTube if you still got an account over there. Go over there, subscribe if you haven't. Um, at the, uh, you can go to the website, which is uh, Every Blade of Grass. Or actually, you can just go over there and click on the YouTube button. But the website is Every, Every Blade of Grass. And if you'll subscribe over there. Again, like I'd like to get the numbers up over there. If nothing else, just to put a stick in the eye of YouTube and uh, be able to say well here's uh, even though my channel is relatively small i don't have a ton of videos on there i am planning on doing a whole bunch more i also did a they have a thing where you can import or mirror them or whatever they do over at utah gun exchange so i have done that and like i said i do have plans for uh, finishing up the ak project then i will tackle the um Polymer 8022 project, I guess maybe we'll call that. And I'll, I'll do a lot of uh, stuff with that. I still want to get some footage of me actually shooting it with the uh, with the uh, the Glock 17 upper. And then eventually I'll have to sort of see what I'm going to need to do as far as making a few bits of modifications and, and things like that with the, uh, with the Advantage Arms 22 conversion kit, that upper that I have. So let me shift into park here. Um, Looks like we do got a few more minutes. So, again, go over there, check it out, subscribe. Even if you never watch it or, or if you're kind of boycotting maybe YouTube, still go over there, uh, subscribe, bump up my numbers a little bit if we can. Uh, like I said, uh, it's a way maybe to sort of stick it to YouTube a little bit. Oh, and I think I forgot to mention uh, when I was doing the, uh, the initial intro, my spiel about where to go. You can go over to the website excuse me, which is firearmscafe.com. And that's where you'll find, you know, the, the uh, buttons for Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Instagram, things like that. All right, guys, let me uh, sign off and I'll talk to you here in a couple of seconds. Hey, guys, back in the uh, mobile studio. It's a little bit later in the day, so you got time warp for just a tiny bit. It's still uh, Monday the 17th. Anyway, one thing that I didn't really, I don't, I don't know if I talked too much about was uh, referring to Kavanaugh was his response. And of course, he is denying that this stuff ever happened. And what he has said is, look, this never happened. And not only did I not do this stuff to her, I never did it to anybody in my entire life. Uh, so again, we shall see. Uh, while I'm sort of back on the mic here a little bit, Right now, a lot of the Democrats are calling for, we need to investigate this, we need to hold off on you know, doing any kind of confirmation votes until we get all this stuff figured out. But the way that the political uh, chess men line up right now, I don't think they really have the votes to really delay stuff if the Republicans want to go through with it. Unless they can get a few key people uh, on the Republican side to go along with it. Now, you guys know I live in Arizona. And wouldn't you know it, here comes old Jeff Flake. And he is, boy, he is a big old stinky turd. That guy has not been a friend of us. I am, I am glad that he is uh, leaving. Uh, he has really done a disservice to, to us in Arizona, especially... You know, probably if you were conservative, you'd feel a little bit more betrayed by him. But like with the gun stuff and some of the other things and, and some of the stuff that he's been doing lately where he's, you know, trying to be this voice of reason, it smacks of, again, like I'd mentioned a little earlier, it smacks of that theater of him trying to 
maybe parlay this image as a moderate into into something else. And we, you know, we see this type of stuff in government all the time. These guys will retire and then they'll get a job, you know, some high paying multi-million dollar a year job doing this, that, and the other thing. And then they'll come back in a couple of years and they'll be a lobbyist. But it really seems to me that Jeff Flake and what he is doing, it almost seems like he is being, trying to be the, uh, the moderate voice uh, and, and it reminds me of some of the tactics that the anti-gun people use. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But I, I am curious about what his next job is going to be. Because if you've if you watched him over the past year or so, actually a little bit longer, probably about a year and a half or so, he has really sort of started leaning over to the left side. Not that he had that much far to lean anyway, but he's really seeming to go over there. And it makes me wonder, who is going to be his next employer? Who is going to be, is it going to be somebody that has a lot of strong ties to the uh, to the left? Is he going to be trotted out as, uh, as the guy who says, well, you know, I was one of the leading majority kind of uh, conservative guys and boy let me tell you I thought there should have been universal health care I thought they should have investigated this or done that or the other thing and this kind of comes back around to the point that I was making about when you have the anti-gun people that will trot out some hunter or somebody that says well I'm a gun owner but I don't think anybody should have high capacity magazines or have a magazine that uh holds more than 10 rounds why you don't even need more than three to hunt a deer why do you need to do that and uh, or i'm a i'm law enforcement let me tell you what the average citizen they just do not need an ar-15 and they certainly by god they certainly do not need an ak-47 that is the worst thing ever that is the devil's own weapon so anyway it will be very very interesting to see a couple of years from now where Mr. Flake lands up and, or, or lands, I wanted to say what, you know, uh, what ship he lands on. I kind of got my, my words mixed up there. Anyway, it'll be interesting to see where he finally ends up, who he finally ends up working for. Will he come back as a lobbyist? Will he, uh, will we find out later uh, that he was kind of in the, in the tank a little bit for the left? And again, it, it, it's going to depend on who he's working for, who's paying him. Because these guys, when they when they leave what we'll call, in, in big quotations here, public life, they have an idea of where they're going to go. Or they have a guarantee of where they're going to go. You know, we, We've seen stuff with Monsanto where those guys fall in and out of the government. Um, so... Anyway, I'm actually now arriving at my destination. I told you this would be sort of a short addendum, and it is. But uh, I do have... Let me give you a little bit of a preview of some stuff that I will be talking about, and I'll probably be wrapping this stuff up maybe, like I said, tomorrow from the home studio. But I also want to talk a little bit about the Dallas shooting, what happened there. I want to talk a little bit about Levi's. The company and what they're doing. We got a, I got some feedback from uh, our friend Jeff out in Texas, and so I'm gonna uh, I'll answer a couple of his questions on that, and then I'll probably wrap it up. So the show will probably end up, eh, you know, being right around that 30 to 45 minute mark or so. Probably not too much longer than that. All right, guys, I will talk to you in a second. Hey, everybody! It's Tuesday, the 18th. We're back in the truck. Let's finish up on this Kavanaugh thing. Now, I haven't seen anything. Of course, I didn't really look too hard today, but I didn't really see anything that popped up and said, hey, Kavanaugh withdraws, or this person is... Uh, more people have come forward, that type of thing, or the uh, a uh, witness to back her side of the story is there and, and said this is... you know Not only did it happen once, but it happened repeatedly. This guy was kind of a, you know, a serial assaulter, that type of thing. Again, I haven't seen anything like that, uh, and I'd probably think we probably won't. 
one of the things that sort of gives a little bit of uh sorry about that noise there it gives a little bit of credence to maybe nobody else come up forward is sort of that the FBI didn't really want to investigate so that there wasn't too much stuff there he's also been investigated several times and and deep background checks have been done on the guy so I doubt if there's going to be a whole lot of dirt that's going to surface on him. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to probably a he said, she said thing. And again, if you're dependent on, uh, you, you can almost group people into two camps. Uh, the far right is going to say, you know, he's a saint. He never did anything. The far left is going to say he's a devil and a demon. And, you know, he's the worst thing, you know, on the planet. I do not think he will uh, withdraw. I don't think there's going to be enough pressure put upon him. I kind of don't think there's even going to be enough to delay it. Um, I think if there are going to, if there is going to be testimony, if there are going to be hearings, they may try and zap those up pretty quick. The Democrats will, of course, want to delay it, but the Republicans are going to probably say no. We're going to go ahead and push it through, and we're going to do it this next week. She, if she wants to testify, we're setting the hearing for next week. So. Uh, again, who knows? If, if though, this stuff is all uh, false, you know, they've kind of really put him through the ringer in a way that that is going to have long-lasting effects on him. Uh, you know, no matter the outcome, and if they say, oh, you know, it turns out, he was, you know, he was completely innocent of all this stuff, or if he just maintains his innocence. There's always going to be people that are going to say, "Well, you know, he was a he was somebody who assaulted someone, and he never owned up to it." And of course, that's going to reflect on his family and all the other stuff. But uh, you know, if it turns out that that it was actually valid that he actually did do those things, I think that speaks to character, and some people will make excuses for him and say, oh, he was just 17 and, you know, it was this, that, and the other thing. Uh, listen, I, I remember what it was like to be 17. This guy is my age. And when I was 17, I never in a million years would have done something like that. So I don't want to hear any bullshit about how it's it's the, uh, the blush of youth, so to speak, and this stuff just happens. Nah, it doesn't just happen. That's if you're that type of a person, and I'm not saying that he is, but I'm saying if you're that type of a person, that's somebody that I probably would not want to be on the Supreme Court. I think that that would speak volumes about the guy's character. So anyway, let's switch subjects and let's talk a little bit about the Dallas shooting and what had happened. And again, in the truck, I don't have tons and tons of details where I can sort of comb through everything, but... It seems that she had recently moved to a new section of the apartment or something like that. Uh, well, maybe for those of you guys that don't know, or for maybe some for you guys that if you're listening to this a year or two from now, there was a uh, Dallas police officer, a white female. She went to what she thought was her apartment. And this was, I think, maybe after she was getting off work. It was late. And she went into the apartment there was a uh, man there and she ended up shooting and killing him uh, she thought he was she she thought he was an intruder in her apartment now you know certain uh, recountings kind of vary some say it was you know she saw a murky shadow and was you know fear for her life gave verbal commands did all this shit and the uh, and of course the guy didn't respond and so she had no choice but to shoot him. And of course, you're going to see sort of, uh, you're going to get a little bit of a split, but kind of on somewhat different lines. You're, the left is going to say, well, you know, the police officer shouldn't have done it. And then you're also going to have people saying that who are on the right that are going to say the same same thing. Well, you know, she should have been paying more attention. You know, uh, did she identify the person with a light? You know, why did she shoot? You know, all this other stuff. And then you're also going to have some people on the right or even in the gun community, I guess we could say, that are going to say, well, you know, uh, 
she was a police officer. She identified herself, and he should have followed verbal commands. And if he had just followed those commands, he'd still be alive today. But the problem is, is we don't know. And the problem is, is did she kind of walk into the house, just see somebody in there? Did she draw down and say, freeze? The guy kind of reacted, and then she just blam, blam, blam. Uh, again, all the only the only version of events that we are going to be told is the one that she does. And, when, and it's usually never a very good thing, especially in life and death situations where only one person is recounting the story. But it is, uh, no matter what the, the final outcome is going to be, uh, she has been charged with, uh, I believe, with manslaughter. And it, it there was an odd thing, too, where they went in and they got a warrant and searched his place. They searched the victim's place, uh, and they found marijuana. Some people will say, well, you know, there, there you go. History of, of you know, drug use or something like that, which I, I think is nonsense. I think it's ridiculous. The only reason that they would do that and sort of bring that up is because they want to try and, again, paint him in a bad light. Uh, instead of just saying, well, look, Here's, here's actually what, what happened as far as we can tell. One thing for sure, had that been you or I who had entered into the wrong house, uh, I, you know, I don't think we would have been quite give, I don't think we would have been given quite the amount of courteous treatment maybe that she got. Uh, but there are a lot of questions on this and, uh, what I'm trying to do is just sort of look at the information that's available. And having been in, you know, I was a juvenile probation officer. So having been sort of in, uh, quote unquote, law enforcement, we were considered peace officers. Um, there are certain ways that you write reports and when I read some of the stuff that was recounted it seemed to me to be very uh, standard kind of cop talk or cop language when they write reports and you, and you may say well you're a probation officer how do you know how cops write reports well during the years that I was a, pro a juvenile probation officer I read thousands and thousands of police reports uh, because we would um when a kid would get charged with something, we would get copies of the police reports to do our report to the uh, to the court and make our recommendations and things like that. So, again, it seems like the way that it went down from her perspective is, of course, is everything was uh, by the book, and she treated it as if she were in, uh, in still on duty, that type of thing. I don't know whether she was 100% in uniform. A lot of buddies of mine that were cops, when they were done, a lot of times they would take off, uh, well, they would take off like their, their sort of their upper shirt or the, the uh, my, what you might call the blouse, the, the top blouse of the uniform, and they would stash that in a bag. A lot of times those guys uh, would still, though, retain their their uh, their duty belt um, and keep that on them until they got home uh, like I said I had a couple of buddies that and that's was kind of standard procedure from them and that way uh, if they do have to get out or anything like that uh, of the vehicle if something were to go down while they're driving home at least they're armed and it would make identifying them seeing them sort of in the shoes and the pants and the other stuff as uh, as a as a police officer so again, was was she in uh, what I'll call maybe partial uniform? If it was super dark, if all she could see was a shadowy figure, did she have a light on the gun? Does the department issue lights, or is that an option for her? Did she have a handheld light? Did she totally identify the target? Did she give him a chance um, to speak back? Did the main thing would be did she identify herself as you know Dallas Police Department? Did she say like you know freeze Dallas? police you know again we don't know uh, and i'm sure some of this stuff will come out as far as you know some people saying oh she should be charged with first degree murder uh, 
that's not really how those statutes work and all that type of stuff. So anyway, probably the manslaughter thing would would be a uh, maybe a correct charge. I don't know if they would charge her fully with homicide, that type of thing. Um, well, I mean, it is a, you know, a guy's dead, so it is technically a homicide. It's just going to depend on how they're going to charge you, whether it's going to be like a second degree thing where maybe she didn't have the intent, you know, to actually murder this guy. So that's why I don't think they're going to charge her with anything like that. It's, um, it's probably going to be the, the uh, manslaughter thing. Once she goes to trial, it is going to be probably a thing of very similar to how if you're involved in a self-defense shooting, one of the things that they're going to have to do is to, and, and they're going to try and instruct the jury is, look, you have to put yourself in her frame of mind at the time. You, although everybody on this thing is going to be Monday morning quarterbacking, what they're going to say is, you know, if you have to see it from her perspective, she thought she was in her home, whether she was or was not, doesn't matter, and she thought that there was an intruder in there. And at that point, you have to ask questions like, well, did she, were her actions the actions of something that a reasonable person would do? And if, if the jury believes that, if they think, oh, well, you know, if I came into my house or the, the house that I thought was mine, and, you know, a lot of these apartments, if it's late at night and you're kind of tired, this is, you know, what the defense is going to say for her, that, all these apartments, the doors all kind of look the same, you know, and, and you go, and this is a little bit of an aside, but, you know, you go to an apartment building or something like that, they all kind of look the same. So, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to uh, give her a defense or do anything like that. I'm just saying that this is probably going to be the most likely outcome that they're going to do. And so they're going to, again, say, well, you know, all these buildings kind of look alike she was used to going to a certain thing and she was kind of on autopilot she walked in thought she was home saw movement before she could turn on the light gave verbal commands identified herself as an officer the person were still you know was not following those commands and at that point she feared for her safety and uh, you know i'm sure they're going to say he made you know aggressive or furtive movements uh, which in her four years as a police officer would indicate possibility of somebody going for a weapon, that type of thing. And so she fired in self-defense. She, you know, didn't fire to try and kill the guy. She just fired to try and uh, protect herself. So I think that's what the defense is going to be. Of course, the, the, um, prosecution, uh, Jesus Christ. the prosecution will, I got some re- some uh, some guy in front of me that doesn't really know what he's doing when he's driving in the parking lot here. Uh, so anyway, the prosecution again it's going to depend on how aggressive they want to be, because unfortunately it is it is going to be kind of a racial issue that there's going to be a racial component to it, depending on what the prosecutor's mindset might be. They may really go after the police officer very, very hard and very aggressively. We'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, and again, a lot of this stuff, it's charged. It'll be a while before they, she actually gets a court date. Uh, the question is, will she do any time? Again, it's, it's all going to depend on what she can relate in court and then what the jury kind of believes, you know, just will the jury believe that, oh, she was in fear for her life. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter whether she went to the wrong apartment, whether she went to the wrong home, that type of thing. It's, it's uh, in that moment that she thought she was in her home and didn't realize it until afterwards, uh, whether or not the jury will buy that or, or uh, take that into consideration. We don't know. We have some feedback from Jeff. I am uh, about ready to pick up my passenger here. So I will read that out uh, maybe tomorrow and do a little bit of response from him. 
But also, Jeff, if you hear this, let me know. Uh, I know you're in Texas, and so let me know kind of what the uh, what the vibe is out there. All right, talk to you guys in a second. Hey, everybody, what's going on today is Wednesday the 19th. If time works you a little bit. Got a little bit of feedback from Jeff, and then we'll talk about a current event that just popped up. Jeff had written in asking about the raffle and also about what my setup is when I'm in the mobile studio. Let's tackle the raffle first. He was Unfortunately, he was the only person that gave me any feedback on it, whether they thought it was a good price or uh, that the size of the pool that I would want to do, which would be about 40 people or 40 tickets. I, I suppose one person could buy two or three tickets if they wanted to. I wouldn't care about that. But I didn't get a whole lot of response. But he said, and I, it was good to get feedback from him, that he thought, especially for a 40-person pool, $20 wouldn't put, about it, wouldn't put it out of reach of anyone. So again, Jeff, thanks for sending that in. I appreciate it. Unfortunately, I think I'm probably going to push off on the raffle, maybe put that on the back burner for a little bit until I can get everything sort of figured out and really kind of gauge stuff. Now, as far as my setup, when I'm driving, I use the iPhone I have an iPhone 6 Plus, and I use the earbuds that come with it and use the voice memo application. And I generally get pretty good recording with that. If I'm parked somewhere and I know that I'm going to be there, if I know in advance that I'm going to have some extra time like, I, like I've got today, I will bring my Zoom H5 recorder and my Shure SM58 microphone, and I will plug that directly into the recorder. And the, uh, the recording software on there is pretty good. So I don't really have to do too much in post as far as editing, that type of thing. So again, Jeff, thanks for sending that stuff in. I appreciate it. I always appreciate getting feedback from you guys. And feel free to send it in pretty much on anything that you want. All right, so let's switch tacks here. And let's talk a little bit about the latest thing. Now, I guess before we do that, we'll touch briefly on Kavanaugh since stuff has happened a little bit more. Uh, there's been a little bit more uh, developing news. Supposedly, they are going to go forward maybe with the hearing. I, again, I don't know. I don't know long-term whether this is going to affect anything or not. Uh, also, with the shooting in Dallas, I haven't seen much more um, as far as anything new from the last couple of days. Uh, I just feel real bad for his family and uh, and for you know everybody involved, but... You know, to be gunned down in your own home, that type of thing. So anyway, I had mentioned on the last couple of shows and talked about, you know, the, with the whole kerfluffle about the 3D printing of guns. Well, it appears that young Mr. Cody Wilson, who is the head of Defense Distributed, was on a website called something like SugarDaddy.com or something like that. Anyway, supposedly he hooked up with a girl who is probably 16, although they didn't they didn't specifically release the age. But I think in Texas, according to the articles, the couple of articles that I read, is that the age of consent there is 17. So anybody who is under the age of 17 is going to be considered a child. And of course, that's what the headline is, is uh, Cody Wilson sexually assaults child. Some people are saying, oh, this is a setup. This is a conspiracy. You know, they, they purposely were, were monitoring him or, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I kind of, especially in the line of work that I used to be in, I do not put anything past anyone. And I don't think it's a setup. I, I think he probably did that stuff. The question is, did he believe the person was in this case, since it's Texas, at least 17 years old. And did he, could you reasonably believe that he would have thought when he met this person, yeah, she's 17. But it is, you know, this kind of stuff when it comes out, it's all kind of weird, creepy shit, and it's it's, it's disheartening. Uh, at first at first blush, I, I kind of probably think he did it. Uh, I think had he not, I think he would be issuing statements and all this other thing saying, well, hey, it wasn't me. It was somebody who was using my identity. They thought it was me. But from again, from a couple of the articles that I've read and, you know, I, I know this stuff can get uh, not reported correctly. But from some of the articles that I've read, 
it seems like they maybe got them pretty good. Unfortunately, I, I don't know what this will mean as far as with some of the lawsuits and as far as with some of the stuff that he wants to do. Could this be a, a, a conspiracy thing? You know, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I, I don't really know that uh, that I believe that it is. Uh, and it's funny there are certain people again who and, and we had talked about this before certain people are going to say well of course he is guilty and other people are going to say no he's not it's a setup it's a sting or it's a fake news or it's this that and the other thing based on sort of what they they want to have uh, confirmed so i've got that confirmation bias for me i'm saying well let's sort of wait and see what happens and i'm kind of reserving judgment and i say kind of because i i think again from what i've seen so far it it's probably pretty much they're probably pretty much right on this type of thing again they're going to make it sound like she's an eight-year-old but i'm sure you know who i don't know I, I shouldn't make assumptions on how old this girl is but like i said it is it's it's some creepy stuff you know he's 20 what is he 29 I, I think he's Maybe he's 30. I don't know. Maybe I can't remember how old he is. I thought he was 27. For some reason that sticks in my head, but maybe that's incorrect. But anyway, it's a weird thing to, when you're, we'll just go and say he's 27. When you're 27 years old, to kind of want to hook up with somebody who you think is 17 or 18 you know, that's, uh, you know, I remember when I was in my, my mid-20s and stuff, my late-20s. And you don't really want anything to do with anybody who isn't at least 21. At least I didn't. And when I was 26, 27, even the 21-year-olds were kind of a... I was just on a different a different level than they were as far as life experience and maturity. And it's, it's a funny thing because when you're that age of, you know, when you're the difference of, of an 18-year-old and a 21-year-old is, is pretty big. And the difference between a 21-year-old and a 27-year-old can be a, a pretty big gap. Uh, just because you're, you're having to get out there and sort of make your own way and do things and you've, you've been separated from your parents. Well, at least back in the day you were. You'd probably been separated from your parents for at least nine, ten years. That's how it was in my case, where I wasn't living under their roof and I was sort of making my own way, that type of thing. So, but it's a different world. So, do I think maybe it's sort of his uh, hubristic attitude that he has? Does he have an attitude of you know, hey, I'm going to do what I want, and most of the people that I deal that I've dealt with, I am two or three levels above them and I'm two or three steps ahead of them did his ego kind of get in his way of of uh, good morals and look the reality is just because somebody is pro-gun doesn't necessarily mean that they're a decent person you know maybe he's a creepo you know I I don't know Uh, but knowing sort of human nature the way that I know it and the way that I've experienced it in the past I kind of, uh, I kind of think he's probably gonna maybe be found a little guilty on this one. It's not gonna be like the Kavanaugh thing. I think I will go ahead and wrap it up. I know the show has been a little disjointed just because I've been driving around and doing a bunch of stuff, and uh, I didn't get it as well researched as I would like. Maybe next week I can get some real good info, and as the as the days go past, we will. Uh, We'll see what's kind of going on. Oh, I remember one thing from the article that said about Wilson was that he was out of the country. They, of course, have, have told him that he needs to come and turn himself in and turn in his passport and all this other stuff. But I think he's uh, overseas somewhere. So who knows? Will he come back? Will he do sort of like a Julian Assange? Will he say, you know, I'm not coming back into the States and I'm going to go to a place where there's no extradition? And, you know, who knows? Um, and if he does that stuff, will they seize all his company's assets so that he couldn't get access to it anymore. You know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens, uh, to say the least. 
All right, send in some feedback, guys. I'd love to hear from you guys. I'd love to hear from you on Kavanaugh, on the Dallas shooting, on the uh, Levi's kerfluffle that happened, where they're saying, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna support things like every town for gun confiscation, and, and we're gonna you know do all this other stuff." Uh, you know, of course, what Levi's didn't say is, "Oh, we're gonna support these educational programs. We're gonna do this. We're gonna do that." They just uh, uh, made a blanket statement. And then, you know, it's an interesting thing. I know I said I was going to shut up here, but I'm going to ramble on for just a couple more minutes. When a big company like that does that, they are sort of speaking for all their employees. And I'm sure there's some people that work for Levi's that are pro-gun and are horrified by that. So, you know, what do you do in that situation? Do you say, well, I'm going to boycott those? Do you take your Levi's that you've had and worn comfortably for the past 10 years and throw them in the garbage? Well, what does that do? They, you know, you already spent your money. And I, I understand sort of the the symbolic nature of that or the symbolic gesture of that and the nature of that. So, but, you know, I don't know. Nothing much ever changes from you destroying your own personal property. All right, guys. Uh, again, let me hear from you about this stuff. Let me know what you think. I'd be interested to, to hear your opinion on, again, on the Dallas shooting, on the Kavanaugh hearing, and on what's going on with Mr. Wilson. All right, I will talk to you guys next time.